Welcome to today's June Ask the Expert call. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, David Molman with Align Technology. David, you now have the floor. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's Ask the Expert webinar, ClinCheck, the most powerful tool in your Invisalign arsenal with Dr. Kenneth Pyle. You'll learn two C hours for attending today's program, and you'll receive important instructions on how to obtain your C certificate at the conclusion of the presentation. Additionally, C hours will automatically be added to your Invisalign doctor site account. Please note you're able to listen to today's program via the webcast, and throughout the webinar, you'll have the opportunity to ask text questions, which our presenter will answer at the conclusion of the presentation. I apologize in advance if we're unable to answer everyone's questions since our time is limited, but we will follow up after the program to answer any outstanding text questions. Today's program will be archived in its entirety one week from today on the Education tab of your Invisalign Doctor site, where you may also access archived versions of all of our previous Ask the Expert programs anytime for CE hours. It's now my distinct pleasure to introduce our speaker today, Dr. Ken Pyle. Dr. Ken Pyle's commitment to his patient's overall health is the primary focus at his practice in Orlando, Florida, where he's an Invisalign Elite Top 1% provider. He is committed to staying abreast of the most current dental technology and information as it is published and to providing his patients the utmost in dental care. Dr. Pyle received his undergraduate education at Kent State University and earned his dental degree from Ohio State University. So without further delay, I'll turn the program over to Dr. Ken Pyle. Dr. Pyle, you now have the floor. Thank you, David. Um, again, this is uh, Kenneth Pyle talking. Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, Invisalign and specifically the ClinCheck, which uh, we believe to be the most powerful tool in your Invisalign arsenal. Um, before we start, I've got to uh, tell you a few things here. Uh, the things that I say and the opinions I express are my own. Um, not those of Align, uh, and I will tell you, I'll go a little bit further to say that Align does not give me any uh, direction or um, things to say. Everything I say is of my own uh, compilation. Uh, and secondly, and this is very important too, um, you as a doctor are responsible uh, ultimately for everything that's done with your patient. So the uh, ClinCheck, the IPR, the records you take, the, the impressions, all of this stuff is ultimately your responsibility. Um, and Invisalign and the ClinCheck are only making suggestions that, uh, of course, require your approval and comment. Uh, and along with that, we have to remember that different uh, jurisdictions, different uh, uh, areas of the country have different rules uh, and expectations and limits as to what you can and cannot do. So you have to take that into account and remember where, wherever you're at, that's the, the rule that applies, not necessarily uh, where I'm at. And by the way, I am in uh, Orlando, Florida. So to tell you a little bit about myself, uh, I've been doing Invisalign for uh, well over 13 years. I am a GP, general practitioner. I've had no experience in uh, orthodontics at all before I started with Invisalign. I've at this point done over a thousand uh, cases and I love the results I get. And what I want to do today is I want to share with you people what I've learned uh, from Invisalign and a couple of the pearls that will help you get through it. So I'm going to be covering uh, the ClinCheck and how I use it and try to let you get a little bit more uh, familiar with it. That's my uh, overall goal. So I will be touching a little bit on some other subjects uh, like IPR and uh, a few other things and I will be emphasizing things that I think are extremely important that I've learned uh, with my uh, 1,000 cases. As David said, I am uh, an elite 1% uh, provider and I've had that status. I'm going on two years with that. So I am currently uh, doing between 225 and 250 cases per year is my current uh, rate. So 
So ClinCheck is a very powerful tool, and it can do a tremendous amount for you and get you through your Invisalign case. However, uh, as with anything, um, you need a good foundation to base the ClinCheck. Uh, and it's the same as if you're going to paint your living room. Uh, you, before you paint your living room, you're going to go in and sand and patch the holes and, and uh, get a good preparation, maybe a primer coat, and then you do the, your, your paint job. No paint in the world is going to work well over uh, walls that aren't prepared. And the same thing with, with uh, ClinCheck. You have to be fully prepared to get into it. And that's one thing I want to uh, go over right now is the, the preparation that you need to do and what you need to have in front of you before you approach the ClinCheck. Um, I do a lot of presentations for Invisalign, and, and uh, one question that I received one time, which I, I think was invaluable, is a, a doctor said to me, okay, after um, a thousand cases, uh, if you're looking back on your career, what would you do uh, differently? What have you learned? And one of those things is uh, this what we're going to talk about now, is having your preparation uh, and your foundation done. And the, the foundation and the preparation that I'm talking about is basically your consultation um, with the patient. When I do my consultation, I sit in front of the patient. Uh, they have their before picture on the screen. They have a mirror in their hand, and I have my clipboard in my hand, and I'm going to start discussing uh, things with them. Now, realize at this point in time, my team has spent probably 30 to 45 minutes with them reviewing all the ins and outs of Invisalign. Everything from um, the ClinCheck to IPR to attachments to wear time, uh, et cetera. We want to make sure that the patient has a complete and full understanding of what we expect of them. So part of our uh, expectation list, and we actually have this printed out that we give them in printed form, uh, is we, we ask that the patient be willing to wear these uh, aligners 22 hours a day minimum and to never leave them out for more than one hour at a time. Now, I realize that's probably overkill, but I figure if I ask for 22, I'll probably get 18 or 20. So um, the other thing is uh, the fact that we don't want to leave them out for any extended period of time. So we also review um, the, uh, the concept of, of IPR, the concept of the attachments, what they're going to experience. I have currently three people in my office uh, wearing Invisalign. One is my receptionist. So when we talk about um, do you have, are you able to speak properly uh, with the aligners in, we tell them, well, the person you talked to on the phone, the person that greeted you at the door uh, is wearing Invisalign uh, right now. And I am in Orlando, Florida, uh, the you know, theme park capital of the world. I have probably uh, 15 to 20 performers at the theme parks um, in Invisalign, and they wear them at work. And that, that's a big uh, endorsement that we're able to, to say that. But anyway, my point being, you have to have all this told to the patient up front. And another thing that's very, very important to, to explain to them up front is that uh, this first set of aligners that we're preparing them for has a very good chance of not finishing off the job. And very commonly, um, we're going to wind up with a second and possibly even a third set of aligners. That doesn't mean that the first set fa failed. It's just part of the treatment. So we have to also let them know about, um, about that. We also talk to them about retention. And no matter how you move your teeth, you have to retain them. Um, my retention of choice is the Vivera, and that's probably what 90% of my patients wind up with is the Vivera uh, 
retainers that are made by Invisalign. We really, really have good luck uh, with those, and the patients uh, seem to accept them fairly well. So at this point in time, what I'm doing is I'm asking the patient to please tell me exactly what it is that you would like to have Invisalign accomplish for you. And they usually have a very small list. In this particular lady, she's saying that um, number eight overlaps number nine. That's all she cares about. Uh, that's all she mentions. And then uh, as we're talking, but she says, oh, yeah, and the lower teeth are crowded. So I write this down, and this is very important that I listen to what she says, because no matter what I do, I can move a tooth from one side of her mouth to the other, and that's just fine. But if I don't correct that eight and nine, she's not going to be happy. So we have to make sure that we listen to what they want so that we can accomplish what they want. And then, of course, everything else we have to do because we want everything to be as good as we possibly can. So then I explained to her um, with my hand puppets right here, I'm explaining uh, that when we straighten out eight and nine, we might wind up with some black triangles, and I'm trying to show her what black triangles are. Now, uh, today, I don't have to do this nearly as much as I used to because, as you can see there in the background, I have an iTero machine, and the iTero is fabulous uh, because I don't have to do this so much. I can actually show her. This is our simulation of what we expect Invisalign to do. So if we have black triangles or if we have uh, excessive overjet when we're done or whatever, she can see this ahead of time. Now, here's a, a thing you need, you need to write down. We do not say this is what your Invisalign is going to look like. We have to word it a little bit differently and say this is a simulation of what we predict it's going to look like because, as you know, what the ClinCheck does and what Invisalign does isn't always exactly what we see in the final results. Now, I will tell you that the, uh, the iTero is extremely good at predicting accurately what things are going to look like, but it's not perfect. So we do want to set the expectations again uh, realistically by saying this is a simulation of what we project, predict the Invisalign will look like when we are done. But I highly recommend the uh, iTero. Uh, it does sell cases because when patients see the, the final result, they're much more likely to, to move forward than they would be when I'm just trying to show them their result by, by sketching teeth and using my hand puppets. So once I've had this conversation with the patient, this is the form I use. Um, we call it our Invisalign consultation form, and on it, you can, whoops, you can see up here uh, the date and the chair time that we used with this patient was 60 minutes. My consultation time was 10 minutes. I have a very, very talented team that goes over all the other details with them. And what I write down here is the order in which the patient makes their comments. And as I said before, her comment was eight overlaps nine. And oh yeah, the lower teeth are crowded. So that was her concern. Now I'm going to do my looking. And I see, well, yeah, that's true, eight overlaps nine. And, of course, we've got some drifting on the bottom. And, again, another pearl, I prefer to, ref I, I prefer to call the crowding on the lower drifting. So if we say you have drifting on the uh, lower anteriors, it, it emphasizes the fact that this is an ongoing process. They didn't just crowd and now they're going to stay put. Drifting is, means that it is going to continue to get worse until we in, intercept it with the Invisalign and then keep it in retention. So I prefer the term we have uh, drifting on the lower anterior. 
So I notice that her number four is in crossbite. I also notice that after we get them straightened out, we have a, a black triangle showing up between 24 and 25. Um, I note that she has uh, a missing tooth in number 30, so we discussed the uh, probability of putting an implant in down there, so I want to make sure that that space is good. And then lastly, I noticed uh, that there's a crown on number 19, so I want to make sure that we don't put uh, an attachment on number 19. So when I look at the ClinCheck, I, write, uh, I'll, I do my writing in red. So I've put in here that I've looked at the ClinCheck, and yes, indeed, number 8 and number 9 overlap has been corrected, so I check it off. Okay, I also notice the, the lower crowding, as she put it, or what I call drifting, has been addressed and corrected to my satisfaction. So I check that off. So I go on down my list, and yes, the crossbite of number four has been corrected. And by the way, Invisalign does a really good job of correcting um, crossbite. Um, very rarely do we have a problem with it. So as we go on down our list, we see, yes, indeed, the space uh, for number 30 has been optimized. Uh, by uh, uprighting that molar just a hair. And so that uh, all but two things have been uh, addressed in my original ClinCheck. So I'm going to go back and uh, make some changes by asking that we uh, include the black triangle by adding some uh, IPR. So I've written down what I've sent back. So I've, I've done this on, on uh, March 2nd, you can see, and I took three minutes uh, to do it. So what my instructions back to uh, Invisalign were, uh, please add IPR between 24 and 25. And they did wind up putting an attachment on number 19. So I said, let's, let's remove that attachment. So now I get my ClinCheck back. And yes, they've addressed um, those particular questions also. So my IPR has been added. And I've, uh, they've removed the attachment from number 19. So now I'm going to um, approve the uh, ClinCheck. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, actually look at a ClinCheck now so I can go over some details with you. Now, in this particular uh, ClinCheck, um, and in fact, with all of my ClinCheck's, I like to tip the teeth up a little bit so I can see. I, I just feel like I can see things a little bit better, and then I just do a back and forth. Let's just see what what we're looking like uh, when we're done. And it looks pretty good to me, except I have noticed, look here, we got a black triangle showing up. And you see it's not there when we started. So if we leave that, guess what the patient's going to say when we get done? Look at that black triangle, Doc. It wasn't there when you started. Well, this is where I'm going to want to add some IPR up here so that we can reduce that uh, black triangle. And I'll show you what that looks like here in a minute. But while I'm here, let me go over some of the features of, of um, the Invisalign. And this, uh, what I'm going to tell you right now, is probably one of the single most important things I've learned with Invisalign. And that is, when you look at your ClinCheck and you look at this distance between the lower anteriors and the upper anteriors, the ClinCheck generally will show you more space than will actually be there clinically. So you need to take that into account. It's one of the reasons I tip these up to make sure that I have adequate space in there, because if that's tight, 
When we're done, we wind up with a heavy anterior occlusion, which usually results in posterior open bite, or and the uh, front teeth will, will flare out as the occlusion uh, hits these. There's no retainer in the world that'll hold these teeth uh, in place if the occlusion is banging them back out of place. So let's go over a couple of the features here just in review of, of what we have available here on the ClinCheck. And um, uh, you probably know most of these, but just to, just to be sure that you do, uh, this particular thing, the rotate uh, button, if we turn that to uh, translate, then that means when you go with your cursor, you're moving the uh, ClinCheck around like that. Uh, I never use that. I always keep it in rotate uh, mode. The next one over is pass. Now, I'm using the uh, ClinCheck off of my computer. If you are live, in other words, if you are looking at your ClinCheck through your doctor site, this button will light up. And if you click on it, it will show you in numerical order all the ClinChecks you've done. And that even means the ones that you've changed. So once we make this change and add this IPR in here, then my past will have two ClinChecks, the one that they sent back originally and then the second one that they sent back after I made my changes. They will be dated and in numerical order. So that gives you the ability to go back and say, well, gee, what did that look like before I made those changes? So you can go back and look at that, and you can go, oh, wow, you know what? I like number one better, so I'm going to go back and use that one. So you have that ability. Now, if you've done multiple ClinChecks, no problem. They will all show up there. So if you've done five or six ClinChecks, which I've, I've had to do that to get things exactly the way I wanted to, um, they will all be uh, listed there. So that's a really nice, uh, handy tool to be able to use. Now, another thing that's important um, is that once you view a ClinCheck on your computer, uh, your computer saves a copy of that ClinCheck on your computer. Uh, so um, you can go back and look at them uh, without necessarily being uh, hooked up to the internet, which is kind of a handy feature. And if your internet's really slow, you can bring them up uh, more quickly uh, than going online. So there's always a copy, but only on the computer that you've looked at it. So if you have two or three computers, uh, it will only be on the ones that you, you've um, viewed it. Now, uh, you can only use certain features uh, with the ClinCheck and have the ClinCheck running on your computer if you have a PC. Now, you can still view the ClinCheck uh, on uh, Apple or even on a tablet or even on your uh, phone by going into the, the web version. Um, you're just limited on uh, what, what you can do, but you can still uh, view it easily. And this is uh, handy to be able to uh, have it on a tablet or even on your iPhone. Uh, and so you can uh, look at it there from the web, web view. So you can look at your uh, ClinChecks on both PCs and Apple products. Okay, let's go back up to our blue bar here. The number button is real simple it turns the tooth numbers on. That does come in handy once in a while if you want to make sure that you're referring to the same tooth. Uh, it also comes in handy if you, by chance, use a different numbering system than this and, and uh, you forget how it works. There we go. Now, this particular case doesn't have uh, IPR. But if it, does, if it did, then this button would turn on and off the uh, IPR. Now, it doesn't change the IPR. It just turns on and off whether you can see it. Now, let me back up. I skipped attachments here. The attachment button is real simple. It just turns on and off the attachments. Uh, it does not remove them. It's just turning them on and off uh, visually. Now, the re when, when I use that is when I'm showing this to the patient. 
if I'm going to show this to the patient, I don't want these great big pink things uh, dis distracting them. So I'll turn the attachments off. As you know, the attachments are, are tooth colored and usually blend in quite nicely to the tooth. So they're certainly not great big pink things like that. So we can turn those attachments on and off. Um, up here where it says over, this is another point that I think is extremely important. In my preferences, I have listed always, always provide over correction aligners or what I call uh, virtual C chain aligners. And they show up down here with three, you see the different color here, three different um, aligners. And what they do is they act as a virtual C-chain. In other words, the same as if you took an elastic and hooked it onto this cuspid, wrapped it around, and hooked it onto this cuspid, and pulled these teeth back, retracted them. Same thing on the top, one cuspid to the other. And I will be discussing where that comes in handy as we go on a little bit further, but it's always good to have those uh, probably use them 50% of the time. The other 50%, you just pitch them away and, and don't use them, but they do save you a lot of trouble uh, in the end. So I always have my uh, overcorrection aligners. And what this does is this just uh, whether you want to see them or not. The Pontic button, uh, we'll, I'll review that later when we see a case with, uh, Pontic, with a Pontic in it. The other button that I think is really important is the grid, because what this does is, is it gives you actual dimensions to work with. Now, I'm going to scroll, use my scroll wheel on the mouse. And as you see, as I do, it increases the uh, magnification of the ClinCheck. So let's just say, for example, I wanted to um, shorten uh, or intrude number nine here, and I just wanted to push it up that far. Well, I would then simply say, please intrude number nine by one millimeter. Now, you cannot say, this is another important, you cannot tell um, the technicians in Costa Rica, you cannot say, please move 19 up a little bit. They have no clue what a little bit is. So you need to be specific. So we want to say, please intrude number nine, one millimeter. Or we could say, please intrude number nine to match number eight. But again, you have to be very specific uh, so that they understand what you're talking about. So the grid is an important thing if you want to um, look at uh, dimensions. It's also handy if you come and you want to see what, how wide is number 7 versus how wide is number 10. Now let me show you, while we're talking about um, widths of teeth, let me show you another tool that you can use. Up here under the tools, if you go to Bolton Analysis, what that is is it's showing you the width of each tooth, and it's showing them in a comparison basis, the left versus the right. So there's eight versus nine, seven versus 10, etc. So if you want to make sure that seven and 10 are the same width, here's where you would look. And you see here that seven is just a tad wider by one-tenth of a millimeter than 10. So if that's an issue for you, then this is a place to, to come and look. Or for example, you say, you know, let's say that this is uh, a missing tooth and you want to know, okay, what, what, what should I make that space? Well, you can look here and see, well, number 10 is 6.63 millimeters. So let's leave the space for number seven at 6.63 uh, millimeters. That way when we place the implant, it'll uh, fit in beautifully. So that's under tools up here and that's called Bolton analysis. Okay, so let me move on um, along over here. The next tool that we have is uh, super, and this is referring to superimposing um, 
the, uh, or the teeth over top of each other. So what this one is doing is it's using the, um, the first aligner or the before as the reference point, and it's superimposing the, the results as we move along here. Now you can also move the reference point. Okay, so you can see now, again, this, this is a tool that you might find handy. I, I rarely personally use it, um, but that's what it does. Um, the next tab is what view you're going to have. What we're looking at here is what they call the single view, which is just the, the one uh, clean check or the one uh, arch up like this. We can also use occlusal, which will show you the uh, maxillary and the mandibular at the same time. So if I slide along here, you can watch them move together. So we have other views here, which again, I encourage you when you're done with this uh, webinar to uh, pull up your ClinCheck and go through an experiment uh, with these different things and play around and see what all they look like. And you may see things that, that you like better. For example, we can do a side-by-side -side where we see the before and the after. Now, I almost always use this particular view, the uh, single view. Now you come over here. And these are the views that you're going to be looking at this particular model with. Now, you'll probably see as I go along here, I, I continually go up here and click on this anterior view because this is what we're looking at. So if you get the thing uh, off kilter a little bit, I'll go up and click on anterior just to recenter it so that I can see what I'm doing. Sometimes as you go, it, it gets a little out of line or gets uh, cockeyed or whatever. So just come up and click on that anterior, and it brings it back in shape. But remember, I'm always looking at it tipped up a little bit. So. From this view, if we click upper, we see just the upper jaw. If we click lower, we see just the lower jaw. When we click maxilla, we're seeing it from the occlusal, occlusal view. And if we click mandibular, we're seeing it just from the occlusal view. And then, of course, remember, you can slide this along and see what your progress is. And just, just for um, uh, clarification, each little click is an aligner. Okay, And then, of course, we have the right side and the left side. And again, we can watch these things uh, move. Now, a point that is very important is the representation of the gum on here, the gingiva, is not necessarily what the gingiva really is. This is arbitrarily uh, put in uh, by the technicians and the computers. and. Uh, it is not necessarily where the gum really is. So you do need to be checking this in the patient's mouth, uh, not uh, by relying on the ClinCheck. The ClinCheck is only showing the position of the teeth. So this uh, black triangle may and may not really be there uh, because that gingiva may be grown up um, more. Okay? So I want to go uh, to one more thing up here uh, is how do we do our changes? And and here is how we do them, and I'm going to go over that in a little bit more detail in a minute. Uh, under comments, this is what uh, Invisalign sends back to you, where they've told me that there's uh, one or more teeth needed distal halves to be trimmed due to distortions. Well, let's look here. Well, they're, they're talking about the, the third molars back here. Okay, so no problem. Um, but you need to look at that and make sure that there's nothing, uh, nothing that's going to interfere with what you're doing. Now, the treatment is a very important tab here. Now, let me show you another tool here real quick. If you click on this gray box here, you'll expand that. 
And what this is is just kind of a summary of what's going on. Our estimated treatment time is 10 to 15 months. We have uh, active aligners, 18 on the uh, upper and 21 on the lower. Now let's talk about active and passive aligners. In my preferences, I've asked for passive aligners. And the reason being is that uh, maxilla gets done in 18 aligners. The mandible isn't done until 21 aligners. So what are we gonna do with those three aligners? We don't wanna use number 18 uh, over and over again. That's gonna be a long time in that aligner. So we ask for passive aligners. So 19 actually will be the same as 18, 20 will be the same as 18, 21 will be the same as 18. So that's what passive uh, aligners are. Then the overcorrection aligner stages are the ones that I've talked about down here, uh, which are a different color. So we're gonna slide this down a little bit. And this box is really good. It shows you graphically the, the attachments. They're not accurately uh, showing what, you, what they are. You'll have to look over here to see this, but it graphically shows you which teeth have attachments. This is handy uh, if a patient comes in and says there's an attachment missing. You can real quick look here and see whether there was supposed to be one on that tooth or not in the first place. Now, this is showing you um, the different features that are on the aligners, and I want to show you... Um, Oh, there, if there were IPR, I'll show you this in a minute. I thought it would be on here. Um, if there's IPR, it'll show you down here. And this is what I print out to actually do my IPR. Let's go down to the movement assessment. And this is important because it shows you um, the teeth that are doing a lot of movement versus uh, what we'd call normal movement. And it's kind of like the uh, key, ski slopes. It's color-coded. So white is uh, uh, normal movement. The blue is a more difficult movements, and the black is very advanced movements. Now, this is what's really good. If you slide down a little bit further, it's going to tell you exactly why they rated them blue. For example, tooth number three is blue because we're doing extrusion of 0.6 millimeters. Number four is blue because we're doing extrusion of 0.6 millimeters. So this sums it all up down here of what the what the um, excessive movements are. Now this is really good if you're using uh, Propel acceleration because you know exactly what teeth that you need uh, to accelerate. So let's go on and look at um, how this worked out after I, we added that IPR down there. So you see there's, uh, if you see down here, there's no, no black triangle showing. I've added my IPR. So now at the end, my black triangles are, are uh, reduced. Now, if, remember I said, we don't know whether that black triangle is really gonna show up in the mouth or not. So if uh, it does, because I've got these extra aligners, I can go in at the end here, add a little bit of IPR up here at the top and then put in my overcorrection aligners, or one aligner, which we call C1 for C chain one, and you see how it'll tighten it on up a little bit. If that doesn't do it, then we'll move on to the second one. Now, here's another important point. Once you've used the C chain that gets the tightness and the contacts that you want, stop. Do not go on to the next C chain once you have good contacts. Um, 
And the reason being is if you do, you run the risk of causing intrusion, which you don't want to do. So if you see that uh, everything is tight and you still got a black triangle, then you need to go in and do a little bit of IPR before you put in the next aligner. They have to have room to move those teeth. The other thing that I'm going to show you here while we've got it is uh, photos, which I think is important. Um, because now if you're doing your uh, clin check and you want to go, well, gee, I, you know, I see this, but what did it look like in the mouth? Well, here's where you can look and see what it looked like in the mouth. Now, I love my camera. This is the Shofu uh, camera that takes, uh, I, I think, incredibly good pictures because I can actually see what's going on. And then uh, we always include the panoramic. Now, Invisalign does not require x-rays for them to uh, work. However, I always put a pan in here because, looky here, we've got a molar down there with a crown on it, so I want to make sure I haven't put an attachment uh, on that tooth. And no, I do not suggest uh, trying to put attachments on the porcelain. Uh, uh, for one thing, they, I, I've heard using hydrofluoric acid, I will not use that inside a patient's mouth. So if you are going to try to put an attachment on to porcelain, uh, just aerobrate it and then silane and uh, use um, a new generation of bonding, and you should be okay. But I just try to avoid them in the first place if I possibly can. Okay, so let's go on to the next case. And this I want to show you another way of doing uh, changes once this gets up here. Um, when we do the changes, there's, there's basically two ways to, to do what we want to do. And one is to just simply type it in. Okay, for example here, I've written in, please intrude 24 and 25, one millimeter. Now there's another way to do it that I really, really like, and that is by turning on the 3D control. Now, I can actually move the teeth myself. Okay? So if I want to increase this IPR right here, all I have to do, now wait, I'm going to push this up a little bit so you can see. This is the beauty of it. You can actually see what's happening to the teeth. So if I'm going to, uh, let's say, spread this IPR out and make these all point two and add it back here instead, I can do that. So I can go down here and add IPR here and you can see it actually moving the teeth uh, back. The other thing that we can do is I can use these tools over here. And I like, I like these. I use these occasionally. This is the extrude intrude button. So I click on that, come over here and click on the tooth that I want to do. And then I simply move the tooth. Now, again, look what happens as I move this out. Do you see 7, 9, and 10 reacting? So you can see what are, the, what are the consequences of you moving that tooth. So it's, it's moving number 7, number 9, and number 10 as it would by moving that tooth. So you're, you're seeing the consequences of what you do, which may prevent you from just saying, please extrude that tooth a millimeter if you don't like what it's doing next door, because this is showing what you're going to do next door. The other one that I, I, I use frequently is the uh, rotate button. And it's pretty simple. You click on the rotate, click on the tooth that you want to do, and then we can rotate it. Okay, and if you see, you can see the effect that it has on the other teeth. So that's, that's a handy thing. 
Okay, now let's say you do that and you go, oh, you know what? I didn't, I, I didn't like that. I, I didn't like what I did. So you just go over here and hit reset, reset, and it erases everything that you did. Now, anything that you put in there becomes listed over here, and you can do both. You can do it manually, or you can write it in, either way. Okay, I'm going to show you uh, a case here where we've done some uh, IPR, and I'm going to show you a couple other features. I like to do as little dentistry as I can on a patient to make them happy, and I try to be practical with the whole thing. So let me show you my situation here. These teeth are kind of chipped up here a little bit. So when we get done, I'm looking here at number 26. I'm going to have to restore that. Okay, well, what if I just moved it up a little bit and then sanded that off? That would work great, wouldn't it? Well, let's see. So I'm going to suggest that in my ClinCheck, and now I'm going to come back and look at it and see what happened by extruding that tooth and see if I like um, what it did. Now, you can do this as many times as you want. You can send the ClinCheck back and forth and back and forth, no problem. Um, this thing keeps turning on the um, 3D, even if I don't want to use it. Um, so let's look at the lower here. <coughs> Excuse me. And now, if you look when I'm finished, I have 26 a little bit higher. Now I can smooth that off. And I've saved the patient restoring the, uh, the tooth. Now, probably, uh, I didn't do it here, but probably in the next iteration of the ClinCheck, I would say, you know what, that's got to leave me a black triangle, so let's go ahead and do a little IPR in there. So, again, I, I don't, you know, I, I sometimes uh, focus on one particular issue at a time, <coughs> excuse me, because I can go in and do as many ClinChecks as I like. So, that looks pretty good. Now, another thing that I want to show you, these blue lines on here, these are called power ridges, and they are actual ridges in the aligner, and I'm going to show you what they do here as we move back and forth. Let's start here. Now, look how they're doing by pushing in the root, by keeping the incisal edge at relatively the same place. So when you're moving the root and not the uh, incisal edge of the tooth, we call that torquing. So we're torquing that tooth in. We're pushing that root in. And the way it accomplishes that is by putting this ridge down here and also by putting a little pressure point on the lingual up here at the top. So we're holding this tooth in place here and we're pushing it down here. That's called a power ridge and you'll see them um, used quite often. And here's uh, a little bit better example of, of how the power ridge works. There'll be a little pressure point up here to keep this stable, and the power ridge will be right here, pushing right here, and what happens is the root then moves and tips in, okay, and that's called torquing. Um, when, you, when you think of it and how much bone that tooth is moving through, you may think, wow, that, that's a lot to do, but it will do it. Now, this is an important slide because um, I really don't like doing uh, heavy IPR. I don't mind doing a lot of it, but I don't like doing um, massive amounts of IPR. In fact, in this case, if you look here at the, at the bottom, we're doing 
millimeters of IPR. Well, look at these teeth. They really can't afford 0.4 millimeters. 0.4 millimeters is a lot. So what I'd like to do is spread this out a little bit. Um, I like to keep all my IPR at 0.3 or 0.2. Now, let's notice here, too, we're using 32 aligners. So what I'm going to ask uh, Invisalign is let's spread that out a little bit, and let's see what happens. And what you're going to see is a, is a, uh, a nice advantage here um, that you probably won't expect. And that is when we get done, we're going to have actually fewer aligners. That 32 came down to 25. Okay, so instead of 32 aligners, we've had 25. And that happens commonly when we spread out the IPR or just push the IPR toward the back. We wind up with fewer aligners. Not always, but it does happen. And that's a pretty significant change of uh, six aligners there. But now look at what we wind up with in the final result. We don't have picket fence looking uh, interiors. Okay, now I'm going to go to another one here where I've done a similar thing. I've spread out. I had 0.5 millimeter uh, IPR, and that's a lot. Um, 0.5 is a major gap. Uh, the patients are kind of uh, leery about that because it's very, very visible, and especially if you're doing fairly narrow teeth like this, um, that's a lot. Now, what I will tell you, Let's, let's look at how this finishes out here. What I will tell you is that the lateral incisors are almost always wider than the central incisors. So you can do more IPR around the lateral incisor than you call can the central incisor. And very often what happens is the lateral incisor will have almost a pot belly back here. It'll be kind of rounded on this distal surface. So that gives you room to to do a lot of IPR in there that you may not be able to do, say, on the central incisor. So let's see how that um, looks when we do it. I use uh, the Invisalign discs for my IPR. I really like them. Uh, they come as a set of uh, a, a both-sided disc, a far-sided disc, and a near-sided disc. When you run that disc in and out, you have uh, almost exactly 0.2 millimeters. And then if you want more than that, you'll have to uh, move it around a little bit. But there you see how I've spread that out, um, my IPR. Uh, I spread it out a little bit so I don't have those 0.5s. And again, you see how this uh, distal of the lateral has got that roundness to it that gives us the ability to come in here and do more IPR than we do here. So you need to evaluate what these teeth are going to look like because you don't want picket fences when you're, when you're done. And you see the power ridges working there. Okay, this next case is one where we're, we're getting a result that um, I don't like and the patient's not going to like. So I'm going to show you what I'm going to do about that. Um, you, have to, uh, you have to remember that the patient um, is going to see things or not expect things that, that may happen. For example, if we look here, look at her overjet. So 
a little bit heavy, but not, not that much. But look what happens when we get done. We've made the, the overjet more than it was when she started. Okay, do you see that? So in her mind, that, that's, that's going to be too, too much uh, overjet. So I want to reduce that. Okay, so how am I going to do that? Well, it's real simple. I'm going to go in and do some additional IPR, but I'm going to do it on the top. And what that's going to do um, is retract those maxillary anteriors. And you see here where I've added it in here. These teeth are nice and fat, nice and wide. So that's something you have to take into account. Do we have enough width up there to do uh, IPR? And yes, we do. So let's see what this looks like. Again, let me orient this and then tip it up. And now you see that the overjet is more in line with what she started with, actually maybe a little bit better. So that's going to be acceptable. I like that. Now sometimes the teeth are shaped such that I say that they're asking for IPR. And this is a case of that. These teeth on the lower anterior, look at it. They're very triangular in shape, and we have the potential for big uh, black triangles here. So these are begging to have IPR up here at the top because they are so triangular shaped. As I say, they, they look like um, snorkel fins or duck feet. So I'm going to go in and uh, put some IPR down here and um, see if I can't reduce that uh, black triangle look. So you're going to see here, as soon as this comes up, what that uh, accomplishes. So we're going to slide along. Well, let me wait. I got to turn off the. Uh... Okay, there we go. So now, when we come down to the end, we've reduced that quite a bit. Now, if we get done, and we still have visible black triangles, remember we have to look in the patient's mouth. If we still have visible uh, black triangles, then we'll come in and do a, a little bit more IPR up here, and go in to the first C chain. Okay, now what you see is what the C chains do is tighten that back, tighten that up a little bit further. So if we still have uh, visible black triangles down here, we can simply come in and do a little bit more IPR up here at the top and use just as many C chains as we need. Remember, don't overdo it. You'll cause intrusion. So just go along here. And that works really, really well. Uh, here's another case where we're going to add uh, IPR in, uh, for the black triangles. And this is very, very common, especially in the lower anteriors that have drifted. Uh, they will uh, present with uh, no black triangles down here. But as you straighten them out, look what happens. And again, Doc, those gaps weren't there when we started. What happened? OK. Now, I'm going to mention, too, 41 aligners, that's a lot for me. Most of my cases come back uh, in the 25 to 35 uh, aligners. I very, don't, don't very often get up into 41. So let's see what happens if we go in and, and um, try to reduce that uh, 
black triangle a little bit. So the reasons that I'm going to do uh, additional IPR on the uh, mandible is two things, black triangle and to prevent um, posterior open bite. And I'll go over that a little bit more here in just a minute. Uh, I'm going to turn this off. And now we get up and the black triangles are reduced again. We can always do those virtual C chains and tighten it up a little bit more. Okay. Now this is the case where, as I told you, one of the, one of the biggest problems I used to have with uh, ClinChecks was I would wind up with posterior uh, open bite, and I'd learned very early on that most often was caused by um, heavy occlusion in the anterior. So let's look at what that might look like. If you look here, do you see how tight that is up here? And remember, this occlusion is going to be heavier in the clinical view, heavier in the mouth than it is on the ClinCheck usually. So when I see it this tight, I want to try to give myself a little bit of uh, room to play. So I'm going to come in and do a little bit more IPR on the bottom so that I can uh, bring that uh, those lower anteriors uh, retracted a little bit to reduce the chances of posterior open bite. Um, posterior open bite and black triangles are two of the um, two of the unwanted end features that you have that are easy to prevent and they're very common. So you see what's happened here is I've added a little bit of IPR and I've spread it out and now I've got a little bit more clearance up there. So I'm happy um, with that. Now this next case is an example of listening to the patient. This particular patient came in and she wants to veneer all of her teeth. She had um, resin veneers on all of the teeth. So her request was, I want to expand my arch so that the posterior teeth show up more. Okay? So that, this is what the ClinCheck came back, and I did expand it, but I wanted to know if I could expand it a little bit more. So what I said uh, when I sent this back to ClinCheck is I said, please uh, show me if we can expand that arch even more. And secondly, these are all resin veneers, so I don't want any attachments on there whatsoever because if we put them on, I'll never get them off without damaging the resin veneers. And just in case she doesn't go on with the uh, porcelain veneers, uh, we don't want to do any damage to those. So let's see what we get back here. By the way, she is doing the veneers. She's doing, um, I think, 20-some veneers. So here's what we have with the attachments gone. And the comment back from Invisalign was, we slightly expanded the arches more. Be aware, more expansion could result in interproximal spacing. Okay? So let's look here at what, what it looks like. Okay, look how we've expanded that. Now, if you want to see this real well, watch this. We're going to look at it from the maxilla. Not a bad arch, but look how much wider it is. Okay, 
And this patient was quite pleased with what we did. But again, listen to the patient. Quite frankly, I'm okay with the arch, you know, maybe in here. But she wanted it uh, wider. No problem. We can do that. And we left the attachments off because we didn't want to uh, harm the uh, resin veneers that were in place. Now, here's another thing that happens that you have to be very careful of. And that is, in this particular patient, she had some major uh, spacing on the maxilla. And if we had just gotten that spacing a little bit better, she would have been thrilled. But look at this. Look what we did. Is that amazing? And this is amazing to me, too. We're, we're talking not much more than a year uh, to do that, okay? So you're going to say, oh, wow, I bet she's thrilled. Okay, well, let me show you. Look here. We wind up with 0.6 millimeters of space to the lateral, or to the distal of the laterals. Okay, and you go, yeah, but you know what? Look where we started. Okay, she's going to be thrilled. Yeah, and I'll agree. At the end, right here, yes, yeah, she probably will be thrilled, and she'll say, that's great, I love it. However, two things that I don't want. One, I don't want to send that out the door with my name on it. I want perfect work. I don't, I don't want close. Secondly, in three or four months, she's going to come back and say, Doc, there's still a space up there. I know you did a miracle and you closed these gigantic spaces up there, but ah, could we do something with those teeny little bit ones left? And this happens because when you make a big change, they're overwhelmed with it. But later on, they start looking for the details that you may have missed. So let me go in and show you what I did. And again, we're going to come back and judici judiciously use uh, IPR to make this um, work a little bit better. Okay, and all I did was add some IPR here on the bottom, and guess what? We got rid of the space. Great. Now, in this next one, we have a situation, and with, uh, I'm reviewing this because uh, it, it, is, it is so important, and that is as we move along, do you notice that the black triangles, which are virtually invisible here, appear? And again, the patient is going to say, Doc, spaces weren't there when we started. So we're going to go in and do some IPR to reduce those black triangles. And here we go. We've added some IPR down here. Now, another thing I've done is I've staggered some IPR and put some here on the lower left and some here on the upper right. And what I'm doing is trying to improve this midline a little bit because you see it's way off here. And I've actually made it better. I have not made it perfect, but I've made it better. Now, going back to the consultation and the foundation, we always, always discuss with the patient midline. If you ask any person on the street, does your maxillary and mandibular uh, midline line up, they're going to tell you, I don't know. 
And they will say that up until their third aligner. And that's when they say, gee, doc, look, my midlines don't line up. And we go, yeah, uh, they didn't before. We made them better. Well, can you fix them? Well, we can, but we're going to have to move 14 teeth this way and or 14 teeth that way. Is it really worth it? It'll take three years. Well, as soon as you say three years, that's the end of that. But you want to let them know up front that we're going to try to improve the midline, but it is not something that we guarantee so that when you do make it a little bit better, they're happy. And it's not that they're unhappy when you don't have the midline uh, lined up perfectly. So always uh, talk about midline ahead of time and make sure that they know that it may and may not be improved. Now this case is, um, I call this uh, uh, reverse black triangles, and this happens occasionally. Uh, and I'll show you here what I'm talking about when I say reverse uh, black triangles. Look here. You see that? It's like a black triangle, only it's, it's reversed. It's upside down. And guess what? We don't make it a whole lot better. So when you get here, the patient's going to look and say, gee, doc, there's still gaps between your teeth. And you can explain all day long, no, there's not gap. You can run the floss in there, and it's really tight down here. But they're seeing the gap. So what are we going to do? Well, I can tell you, we're going to do some IPR, but we're going to do it down here. We've got to be very careful that we keep the IPR down here. We don't want to do any sanding up here. Otherwise, we'll just make the situation um, worse. So let's see how that works out. So we're going to go in and do a little bit more IPR very carefully. And it's very easy with the disc to get that IPR down only at the um, base or the gingival aspect of the tooth. So let's look where we're at. And all I did was add 0.3 down here. And now look when we get to the end. Not a very much. Uh, of a gap up there. And if it is still there and still visible, no problem. I'll go in and do a teeny little bit more sanding down here. My virtual C-chain will tighten it up even more. Okay. Now, I do a lot of cases where we're doing uh, Invisalign in conjunction with implants. Now, I don't place implants myself. I have a couple of really fine surgeons that do that for me. But what I do like about the Invisalign is that it gives us the ability to put a pontic uh, in while we're moving the teeth. And that pontic will expand or contract as we move the teeth. Now, that's especially important if we've got an anterior. Let's say number 10 here is uh, going to be replaced with an implant. Well, it's, um, the patient loves the fact that all we have to do is ask for an, a pontic in the uh, Invisalign. And then we just simply fill that with a, a resin, and they have uh, a temporary which is, uh, works very nice. Uh, it's inexpensive. We don't charge them for it. Uh, it doesn't break or fall out. Uh, the surgeon likes it because we're not uh, putting any challenges on the implant itself. So the other thing that I like about the uh, Invisalign with um, um, pontics or uh, saving spaces for implants is that I can uh, fool around with this space and make it bigger or smaller. If we look here, when we get done, we have 5.7 millimeters of uh, space for that pontic. And this comes up lit up automatically when I got there. That's tight. Um, I, I want the uh, surgeon to have a little bit more room than that. So I'm going to ask to expand that space. 
Uh, now, here's the other thing that's really important. If for some reason the patient um, has to postpone the uh, implant, which is usually for financial reasons, no problem because our retainer is going to hold that space for them. We don't have to worry about drifting. Everything's going to be held in place. Now, ideally, partway through the treatment, let's say here we're doing um, uh, 17 months of treatment, uh, probably around uh, 20 months or so, we're going to ask, we'll have enough space there, and we'll ask the surgeon to go ahead and uh, drop the implant in there so that when we're done with the Invisalign, it'll be fully integrated, and all we have to do is restore it. Then we will be, uh, after we've restored it, then we scan for the, uh, Itero, uh, using the Itero for the Vivera uh, retention. And like I said, I really love the Vivera retention. It works really, really well. Patients accept them uh, very well. So let's see what uh, happens here when I adjust that uh, Pontic. And I do a lot of cases like this. I do a lot of cases with my um, surgeon, and I can communicate with them and, and say, for example, in this case, say, you know, I'll, I'll call the surgeon and say, you know, I'm going to be able to give you 6.5 millimeters of space in there. Will that work? And he says yes or no. In this case, he said yes. But that way I'm not guessing. Uh, uh, I give him a number, and he says that's either acceptable or that's um, not acceptable. So that concludes uh, my presentation. So what I've tried to do today is I've tried to introduce you to uh, Invisalign ClinCheck to show you the features and how you navigate around it, um, and also to show you some cases that I've done and some things that come up very often, which is uh, black triangles uh, and then heavy uh, anterior occlusion, which will result in posterior open bite. And I've addressed some other things uh, with um, maybe giving you some ideas on how to do IPR and that the distal of the lower laterals um, is a better way uh, to do IPR or is a better place to do IPR than, say, uh, between the laterals uh, and the centrals. So I hope that makes uh, the ClinCheck process a little bit easier for you. And I encourage you to go in to your own ClinCheck and play around with it. Remember, you can submit as many ClinChecks as you want and not a problem. They will continue to work with you and they don't charge you extra for doing two or three instead of one. No problem. I average probably two to three per per patient uh, because I like to, to uh, get things just perfect and I don't mind sending them back and forth. So I thank you very much for your time and uh, I believe, David, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Thank you, Dr. Paul, for a great presentation. I want to uh, cover one quick thing that's very important in order to receive your C certificate for this program. Currently on the screen right now, there's a link to take a quick survey. Once you complete your survey, you'll have immediate access to your C certificate, so please go there after the completion of the program. If you experience any problems with viewing any of the presentation, the archive program will be available on the Education tab of your Invisalign doctor's site. I want to thank Dr. Paul for a great presentation, and for all of you for taking time out on your Friday to join us. We look forward to seeing you on another Ask the Expert webinar. Thanks very much.